Welcome back to Beauty School Bobby on Beauty and Style Network. Today we are here with Siobhan Jones, master wig artist and Tennessee Beauty Professional Award winner. Hi, welcome to the show. Hi. Thank you so much for doing this. I know we've had to reschedule a few times, so yes. I'm thankful that we were able to connect. I'm so sorry that we had those little hiccups, but I'm so happy that we've been able to get this time together. So I didn't even meet you or anything like that. I'd seen your work um, prior to the Tennessee Beauty Professional Awards, but you were the winner of the Tennessee Beauty Professional Awards. And so I got to meet you when I came out to your mm -hmm. studio and I was absolutely blown away. And I remember being like, I have to get you on the show. Like what yeah. you're doing is so cool. So well, I'm so thank happy. You. Thank you. So I want to jump into a, a little bit, just like <clears throat> right off the bat of what it is that you do. Cause you have a really cool job. <laughs> yeah. um, you have a job doing something that I know you love and there's so many different like sides of it. So tell us what you're doing right now currently um, in the industry. Yes. So currently now I own a business called the mighty wig and it is, so <laughs> I do a lot in it. It's, it's kind of, like in a salon where you have like multiple services that you can provide people. So I repair wigs. Um, I actually can make custom wigs from scratch. Um, I also can make uh, hair extensions. I do a lot of creative wigs with art, um, creating what I call wig sculptures or hair sculptures um, and just trying to get that out into the world uh, starting here in Knoxville and allowing it to go wherever it needs to go and just um, showing people that there's so much more to hair. Yeah. You know, there's so many avenues you can take with it. Yeah. And what I love about your story, and we'll get into like beauty school and all of that stuff in a second, but what I love about your story is like you completely, you did a complete 180. Like none of this is what you'd <laughs> planned on no. when you went to beauty school. And for you, and as we were talking about um, your journey and how you got to this place, there's so many things that like lined up that needed to happen to get you to what you're doing and following your passion that you didn't even know was a passion yeah. um, at the time. And I think that that's something that's so special. Like sometimes you're going to get into trying something new, not mm -hmm. even know where you're going to end up, but really find your place um, in the industry. So I think a lot of people come in thinking, oh, I can only do this or I have to do this and I'm X, Y, Z. Like that's just not the case. Yes. Um, so I think like your story is so inspirational. So I'm so Aww, excited to talk about you. it. So thank even you. like if we go back to as far back as as just like a couple of years ago when COVID, um, when everything happened with COVID, um, that brought you back to Knoxville. And that's kind of why you're in the place that you're at now. So yeah. um, talk to me a little bit about like coming home and, and how that happened and how you found the place that you're in. Yeah. So uh, coming home. So what initially prompted coming home was <clears throat> being able to be here for my family. My dad had um, open heart surgery. So I wanted to help take care of him. And that was like the initial like, I'm going to go home and take care, like help take care. But it was temporary, mm -hmm. right? Like it was like, the great thing about theater is that it's contract work, so I could take a contract or not. So it was it kept me kind of open to be able to do that. Um, and then as soon as I got here, the pandemic hit and it was like, OK, well, now I had two contracts lined up that um, ended up getting, you know, retracted and not working out. And so it sent me in the, at first, like kind of in a depression because like I started to see like Cirque du Soleil went filed for bankruptcy. Broadway kept like extending their um, closing time and small theaters, you know, it's small theaters already have a struggle. Mm -hmm. um, and as far as being somebody who always worked in a wig department, hair, makeup, um, 
we were always the bottom of the totem pole anyway. So for me, I was just like seeing my career that I had worked so hard to get into just like crumble, you know, and it actually first sent me into like a pretty big depression. And I actually started, um, I found a guy that's out in London and he was offering these like classes on just styling wigs. And I was like, I need to do something to bring me out of this funk. So I started taking them and I was like, you know what? I'm going to take this unemployment money. I'm going to get a studio here in Knoxville and I'm just going to see what I can do from here. (laughs) And here I am two years later, over two years now and just like figuring it out, you know, it's surviving. (laughs) Yes. I love that. And like I said, like you might not have ended up back here. I know that you were um, traveling and doing other things before. So who Mm. knows, like you would have even like settled, but I think in life, sometimes it happens that it's like where you're meant to be is where you are. And I think that that's so special. So you're in your, like the cutest little studio. Like (laughs) I loved it. I was like, oh my gosh, it made me so happy to come in here every day. Um, So you're actually in a pottery studio. I am in a pottery studio. Um, It's perfect for me. There are other people who don't do pottery. Um, It's just, they just have this big warehouse that they, you you know, you saw like cut off into little cubicles and I have a little eight by 10 and it's perfect size for everything I do. Um, I am starting to outgrow it. Um, Crafts, uh, you know, take a lot as far as like, I, I have like, you saw I have a a tower of drawers that are literally full of hair. Yes. It's like 10 drawers <laughs> that is just like hair for, yes. for building wigs and ventilating and yeah. stuff like that. So you're at the Mighty Mud on Central um, yes. in Knoxville. So if you're in the area, definitely check it out. There's so many other local artists oh, that are yeah. there too that will sell their pottery in different um, different. Um, things so I love that you're love you're there and yeah. like close and it's so cute I definitely think everyone should check it out yeah. but talking about you getting into the industry so you graduated beauty school in like mm-hmm. 2003 correct exactly, yes. awesome and you went to Tennessee School of Beauty so yes. you had that experience yes. um what was it that like made you go into the beauty industry initially you know good question I think I always knew I was going to be a hairstylist like I don't I honestly cannot remember when I didn't know I was going to be a hairstylist. Like when I was 12 years old, I had this like crazy long blonde hair and I wanted it cut up to like my chin. And my mom was, you know, I was like 12. She was like, no, you're still too cute. My little girl, I want you to have your long hair. And I was like, Okay, I'll do it myself. <laughs> oh my so I cut my hair off up to my chin. You know, I was like, this is what I want. And oh my gosh. You know, it was. Was it okay? Like, did it look good or did you well, have to get it fixed? It's funny because, like, I have a lot of hair. Yeah. And so when you cut this much hair up to your chin, you kind of look like a mushroom. Yeah. And I was tiny. I was like 90 <laughs> pounds, you know, five feet tall. And so my grandmother actually took me to her hairstylist, who was this, like, really great hairstylist in Lexington, Kentucky at the time. And he was like, you know, you did a really good job on getting a straight line. And he just went through and layered it and thinned it out and made it to where it wasn't. Big. I love that your first experiment with this was like chopping your hair off. Yeah. Oh yeah, I went for it. Yeah. yeah. So you were always going to do this, but were you thinking when you went to beauty school that you would just that you would be behind the chair? Was that kind of like yeah, your that goal was the plan. And, yeah, yeah. I I didn't even I really never 
explored or knew other avenues. You know, I kind of mm-hmm. grew, grew up in Knoxville. I was one of those people that was like, well, you can work behind the chair or you can move to LA and be a celebrity hairstylist. And I I did have that in the back of my head. Like mm-hmm. I, I have family out in California. So I was like, I'm going to move to California. I'm going to be, yeah. you know, I want to be a celebrity hairstylist or just somebody working in a high-end salon. I always knew I wanted to be on the more high-end, like, fast-paced salon environment. Yeah, and you did that for a little bit. You did work I in did for nine years. Yeah, so yeah. you were behind the chair, like, thinking, like, your career is just, like, on this trajectory. Did you love it? Like, were you happy? I did, yeah. I I did love it. Um, at the time, I was working in a, a smaller town, and um, I had a – I worked for an Aveda salon and spa. I had a beautiful clientele that stuck with me for the whole nine years, and – I loved it. I still to this day have those relationships and that's what I loved so much about it. But it did, I I felt limited. I felt kind of like stuck in my creativity and I didn't know what to do about it. Mm -hmm. I was so like, I'm in this little town. What do I do? What What do I have access to? This was like pre- I mean, internet was definitely a thing, but like you didn't really have a lot of social media and social media wasn't used the way it is now. Yeah. And you just, it, things were just more closed off. It, it took a little more effort to like find other avenues than yeah, it does now. <laughs> definitely. So how did you end up in the theater? Like how did, what was your first step yeah. into doing wigs? Because yeah. you weren't doing that at all behind the chair, right? <laughs> I, like, did you have any access at all to wigs for nine years? Like no. Like ever. <laughs> no. I remember there was one client that would come in and she wasn't even my client. And she would be, she would bring these wigs in and ask for them to be cut. And none of us knew like anything about it. I remember yeah. my coworker being like, yeah, sure, I'll cut it. And like, it was okay. But like now I look back on that. I'm like, man, we really jacked that lady's wig. <laughs> <laughs> like you no business touching that. No, yeah. not at all. So yeah. So um, intro into theater. I actually had a client. <clears throat> at the time and she was also one of my really good friends too um she was on the board of directors for playhouse in the park um and they were doing a production of footloose and i was really into dance growing up and at the time i was taking ballroom dance classes and i was telling her about it and she was like you should come dance for the show and this and that and i was like okay i'd never like, I didn't grow up going to theater. I didn't watch a lot of theater. I just, I knew Footloose because of a movie. Right. Not, I didn't even, I don't even know if I knew it was a play at yeah. the time. You know, I was just really ignorant to the whole industry, um, that part of it. And so I was like, yeah, sure, I'll come and do it. And, you know, it's a community theater. So we had to buy our own costumes and do our own makeup. And I just ended up backstage just like, helping people with their hair and their yeah. makeup and bringing stuff in from the salon and just having a lot of fun. And I hated being on stage. Like, I would hate Not it. for you. Not no. where you needed to be. <laughs> no, not at all. Like, it was like I could go from being able to dance to, like, not being able to walk. Yeah. You know, I was so nervous and yeah. just it just wasn't for me. So that kind of, like, but it spawned this. I kept going back for different shows, working, you know, just helping people. And then I was introduced to the costume designer for Murray State University's Theater, Johnson Theater. And she was, she just asked me if I would want to like help her out. And I was like, yeah, sure. You know, I'll do whatever you want. And that's where all the experimenting, she asked me to create some wigs out of paper and feathers. And I just like created these like sculptures for her. And actually from there, I was asked to go to the Southeastern Theater Conference down in Atlanta, Georgia and teach about this like alternative path to hair on the stage. And I was like, (laughs) 
I don't know anything <laughs> about this. Yeah. I've done these three wigs and yeah, they're great, but you know, okay, sure. Why not? You yeah. know? So I did that and it was just, it's just been progressing from there. I just keep every time an av- a door opens, I just step through it and it just, the doors keep opening, you know? And in the beginning, it wasn't a lot of money. I actually did a lot for free mm-hmm. just to get the experience and meet the right people. And yeah, you know, there's definitely avenues. a lot of that like pro bono time where you're like, you've just got to get the experience. And what instead of like having the mindset of I think this is where sometimes people like put themselves in a box is like instead of having the mindset of like, oh, I'm doing this for free. But like there's value in the education that you're learning. So like if you can like put an emphasis on the value of that and of learning from other people that have been doing what you want to do or that are in that and just like soaking it all in, if you can be open to that. I just think you're such a testament to like where that can bring you. Absolutely. Um, was there a moment when you were that you can remember that you were backstage or, you know, starting in the theater process where you were like, oh, my gosh, this is what I meant to do. Like, was there a moment that you were like theater like this is it? for me? <sighs> I'm yeah, for sure. I mean, I think the first moment. As far I, oh man, that's a big, that's a, that's a big question. <laughs> like, I'm like, it's like, I'm having all these flashes of times where I'm like running a track or doing a wig or whatever. And like, I'm just like, I love what I do. I'm loving this. Like, this yeah. is exactly like, there's hundreds of the, those moments. And awesome. God, maybe the first one would have been in that community theater when, yeah. You know, we're, you know, it was the 80s. So the hair was super fun and big and um, bringing out the crimpers. And, you know, (laughs) so I I think that. Just like the the creative side of it. And I remember when I made those wigs, the the production I made them for was Into the Woods by Stephen Sondheim. And I had never seen that show until I created something for it. And just, it was just so much fun. And I loved the music. And I loved that, like, this industry was taking these alternative routes to these like really messed up ideas of I mean I don't know if anybody's seen Into the Woods but it's like really messed up ideas of like you know story uh fairy tales that we're all told as kids and Stephen Sondheim comes in and like changes the game and I'm like whoa this is great I love this and then now I also get to create something that that fits this storyline and makes sense and yeah yeah it was just you just fell in love with it. Like, I just, I, I st- that yeah, and still to this day, like, sometimes I, I loved working behind the chair, majority, like, mostly because I loved my relationships with people. Mm-hmm. Um, but for me, I didn't have, the way I feel when I'm working backstage or building a wig or whatever it is, like, wasn't there for me when I was working in a salon yeah. outside of the relationships. Not that I didn't love it. I really did. Mm-hmm. Um, but yeah, man, I think about vibe. my life in theater and I just am like so blessed that I had that, yeah. you know, especially like the path I went. It's yeah. very <laughs> So let's go through a list of like everywhere that you've lived doing this because you've oh traveled a lot <laughs> doing this. So you've lived in Las Vegas. Yes. Um, and you did, you worked on the Cirque du Soleil show, correct? I, I worked on uh, Cirque du Soleil. Uh, it's the Chris Angel Believes show. Mm-hmm. Um, and then I also worked on the strip uh, for Steve Wynn's Showstoppers, which was like a Broadway review. We had like a full orchestra, 36 dancers, six singers, and we changed full costume, wig, uh, sometimes a little bit of makeup between every single 
track and it was I mean like fast it's the fastest show I've ever worked we had 135 wigs and every we you know sometimes we would have 90 seconds to change five wigs and at the same time we're changing their wigs they're getting their costume changed it's like a whole choreographed dance backstage and yeah Oh, man, that was great. Yeah. (laughs) Do you miss that, like, not being in that fast-paced environment now? Yes. How are you – what are you filling that, like, absence with? Is there (sighs) anything that you can or is it just, like, you just have to be in that? It's the only thing that can bring I would say there's really not – anything that's filling the fast paced part. Um, but as far as the creativity, that's why I'm doing a lot of these creative wigs and trying to create art exhibits and just putting myself out there as an artist. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, I, I, I am a hairstylist, but I'm also an artist. Yeah. And so right now I'm going through this like transition of I want to be viewed as an art artist I want mm-hmm. my work to be viewed as art and I want to exhibit it as art so now the um maybe uh, I'm trying to think of like the word I would use for it that would compare to that fast pace but the adrenaline yeah. of like of like meeting people and like showing them what I got mm-hmm. and you know determining whether it's art or hair or, or what it is you know it, it's yeah. kind of like you're fighting for it and yeah. that feels really good. Yeah. yeah. Well, I love that. So you also were in, you had a really big role in like the Shakespeare um, yeah. world, right? Like, so these um, festivals that happened, that mm-hmm. was kind of a really big part or like a really big step for you into the industry as well, right? Like Absolutely. doing these, these festivals. So tell us a little bit about what that was like. Uh, that was great. I, I think Shakespeare is like, you know, you're dealing with a lot of, you know, period hair. And mm-hmm. so it really opened my eyes to like the history of hair Mm -hmm. and um, like what hair meant throughout history, what it looked like throughout history, why it was what it was throughout history, how it came about. And um, it's really where I got good at my like hair molding skills, I guess, you know. And um, But yeah, I mean, I worked for Utah Shakespeare Festival, which is like one of the bigger festivals in the country and um, Chicago Shakespeare Theater, Idaho Shakespeare Festival. Um, I think those are the three that I can think of. Yeah. <laughs> That's so yeah. cool. And so you just have traveled literally all over the world at this point. Yeah. Like it's taking you just from Knoxville to everywhere. Where is like your favorite place that, that you've been able to go work? Um, well, I loved Las Vegas. Did you? Okay. Oh my God. I loved <laughs> Las Vegas. I loved the energy of Las Vegas. I loved working for Cirque du Soleil. I love like, you know, working at, on the Chris Angel show, like, he's a magician. So everything was like these crazy pyrotechnics. Like I can remember being backstage and you're in this like hallway that literally fits. Like if you have to pass somebody, you're like on your side, like crossing each other's paths, sometimes with like costumes and stuff in your hand. And, um, I just remember I'm in it's pitch black and I'm standing there waiting for my next change. And there's just like fire over my head it's like boom 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 and like I'm just like this is the coolest thing ever I cannot believe I'm here right now you know and it's just it's so cool and you know working for a magician everybody's like oh you know all the tricks and I'm like yes I do (laughs) I also signed a piece of paper that says they will take everything from me if I tell you oh my gosh I think that's so fun I know everyone's like no more than 48 hours ever in Vegas but how long did you live there five years what is the difference of like living how much were you on the strip when you lived there like, uh, other than going to work. Other than work. Obviously, you're there not every often. night. Not yeah. I mean, I love the strip for shows. Yeah. So, it, 
the great thing about working for Cirque is that you they they did a lot of trade with other theaters um, on the strip and even their own. So like we got to go and see shows all the time oh and, and you know, backstage access and just like, you just, there was just a lot of privileges, you yeah. know, like I got to go see JLo and I was literally had my oh hands gosh. on the stage just because I was with Cirque du Soleil. So, and it was, you know, I didn't have to pay a thing for yeah. it. So see, those are the benefits. Those and that's are the saying, big like benefits. Like the other doors yeah. open, you get these opportunities yeah. to have these really great experiences that would have cost you a lot of money if you yeah. would have been, um, you know, paying for that. So yeah. and we were talking before we started recording, but you've met Lady Gaga. Like you got to get your picture taken with Lady Gaga. Like can't even <laughs> yeah. like handle that that's real life. But there are just so many things that come along, you know, with allowing yourself to step into the doors, like you said, that yeah. – um, that are presented to you. So how much creative freedom do you have when you're working on a show like that? Like as like working on these wigs, are you in talks with like the costume designers and saying like, Hey, want to do this? Or is it more, yeah. this is what you're doing and we need you to do yeah. this. Okay. Good. Great question. So it depends. Um, when you, so the, sh- the bigger shows on the strip, like Cirque and, um, showstoppers, like those are what you would call like corporate theater, right? Okay. They're, they're pretty big. Um, there's a lot of people that I don't even know exist, you know, ahead, um, above me that are making a lot of decisions creatively. And so there isn't that you, that's kind of like the downfall is you do get a lot of that creativity, um, taken from you, but there's, but it's, it, it makes up for it in other ways, Mm -hmm. you know, like there, the HODs, like working for Cirque du Soleil, a lot of their costumes and wigs and stuff are built in Montreal, um, at that point, I don't think they are now. I think they actually have a studio in the um, U.S. now. But at that time, it would all be built in Montreal. But then our job was to make it function for the show once we got it. Okay. So there was ways to to be creative. And, you know, as the show ran, you know, it, it made more sense for us to take care of things like in the costume department outside of just always sending things back to Montreal. So mm-hmm. like you got it, but it wasn't as you didn't. Yeah. So working in Shakespeare, that's a whole different story. It's much smaller production. There's not a lot of people above you outside of like the producer and director. Mm-hmm. You do the costume designer is the one who pretty much creates the design overall and you go off of their rendering. So if they say like the hair is up, you're going to create something that the hair is up. If they say the hair is down, you're creating something where the hair is down. Um, But outside of that, a lot of that is like, what is your interpretation of the hair being up that goes with that costume? And you do have to, there is a lot of collaboration with the costume designer. And ultimately in most smaller shows, they do get a lot of the say, Mm -hmm. Um, but I've never worked with a costume designer or um, even creative head that didn't want, that wanted to just like squash your dreams Mm -hmm. and your creative aspirations. They want you to step into that role. So yeah. Are you, which one do you lean towards? Like, and maybe at different points in your life, maybe you could (laughs) say like when you were just starting out, you maybe like the structure of them sending you the wigs and stuff. Um, I know you only at this point and I saw you like light up in your studio (laughs) and just saw you like talking about your pieces. Like I know how much the creative part means to you now. Yeah. Um, do you think that you could go back into a role where they're like, here, you have to do just this? Like, I, I don't. Cause yeah. even in my, even towards the end of, you know, my career in theater, I was actually stepping into the wig designer role. 
So, uh, which works way more closely with the costume designer. And, you know, it's very much a a partnership and collaboration with the costume designer. And you have a team that you kind of delegate your ideas to. Whereas before I was kind of part of that team that got the ideas delegated. Not to say I didn't have a say in anything. Um, But yeah, I I definitely found, found myself in Las Vegas feeling a lack of creative outlet Mm -hmm. as far as like my full-time job. I did a lot of side production work. So like, you know, I was finding ways. I mean, like it's a hustle. Yeah. I literally had like six jobs. You know, I had my full-time show that I would work and usually was like, you'd go in at like two or three and you get off at midnight. And, but then there were those hours and two days off a week that you could do other things. And I did that. So yeah, I was. I found it. I think so much of what got you to be as successful as you are in this. I don't know. I mean, I think when we talked before, you said like more of a traditional path. If somebody was going to work in theater, theater the way that you did is they'll go to like theater school and then maybe beauty school, maybe like I think that you were saying that it's kind of that you learn on the job and you kind of work your way up. Absolutely. I think like so much of the reason of, as to why you found the success is because you've worked so hard. (laughs) None of this has just been handed to you. I mean, it's been a lot of grinding. It's been a lot of time of you being so Mm -hmm. self-motivated. I don't know that this is definitely a path for everyone. I mean, but I think for the people that can self-motivate, um, it can really be like, you know what, I'm going to do this. And no matter what it takes, like, I'm going to make it yeah. happen. And like you said, you were working like six different jobs oh, yeah. just to make it at that time. I think, um, you know, we've talked about this before, um, before we started recording, but so much of what a lot of the people that are coming into the industry now at this point, one is just, just instant gratification. And we talk about it all the time on the show, but they want immediate success <laughs> and it's just not reality. No. Um, And it's not going to come without hard work. I mean, I think that, um, you know, it just speaking to where we are located in Knoxville, you know, if you wanted to kind of like slide through beauty school, like average person, get behind a chair, you can do well still. Oh, Um, yeah. You can do just fine. Absolutely. Um, But I think that to be able to get the bigger opportunities, it is going to take somebody that can make it happen for themselves. Absolutely. Even even if you're trying to stay in the traditional path of being in the salon, like getting into some of these bigger salons, you got to prove yourself. Mm-hmm. You know, they're going to start you off sweeping hair. Yeah. I I, I mean, the Aveda salon in, that I started off in, like they were by no means a big salon, but they were a very nice salon and had very high standards. And, you know, I started off doing pedicures, mm-hmm. you know, and I had no interest in nails, yeah. but it's what you did to keep your job and, and build your clientele, you know, cause it never failed. You'd be talking to somebody and they'd be like, oh, well, you know, maybe you could do my hair, yeah. you know? So yeah, I mean, and I know if somebody wants to go the celebrity stylist path, mm-hmm. like that is a grind. Like what I did like was a grind. It's a totally different grind. I mean, yeah. you're, you're really schmoozing a lot and you're working after hours and I mean the salon hours are no joke yeah it's not and and, and a lot of people think that it's the easy way out and it's just a lot of hard work and it's hard on your body and all of those things I just think it's so good to come into this with an Mm. idea of like I'm not gonna snap my fingers and have this all handed to me like I like telling stories where you know like you're it's it's been like not an easy path for sure I mean there's so many highlights and great oh yeah moments but it's it's definitely there's been tears yes (laughs) I I mean like I 
can think of it like my job um, at Showstoppers. That job was, I have never cried so many times <laughs> at a at a job, but I've also never laughed that hard at a job. Yeah. You know, it was like, it was, you were, man, you just had a lot going on. Yeah. You had a lot of people that you were working with. Yeah. And was, even though the fast pace, like you said, with it being like kind of so structured behind, like you have to make this step happen, this step happen. Like it's very structured, but in a very chaotic way, I'm sure. Oh, for sure. Yeah. Yeah. So let me ask you now. So back in Knoxville, you're doing your wig stuff. Um, I know you're doing, like you said, a lot of like the artists, more artist um, side of things. What is ahead for you? What are you working on right now? And yeah. what do you kind of see yourself doing? Do you think going back into theater is something um, to work in a specific theater? Is that something you want to do? What's on the horizon <laughs> for you? You're like, no, 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 not there. <laughs> um, not to say I wouldn't. I do I do um, some shows and stuff for Clarence Brown Theater yeah. here in Knoxville. So like, yes, theater is still a passion of mine. I still want to work in it. Mm-hmm. Um, I'm not going to pursue it the way I have in the past. Um now I'm really pursuing art. I'm pursuing being able to work. A, a lot of photographers are who my clientele has become or the people that I'm collaborating with a lot, yeah. um, doing more of fine art photography, creating these looks together. I would love to get in editorial work. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah, I'm, I, the way I usually go about things is I, I don't try and set myself this like you know, goal 10, five, even a year down the road. It's like, these are ideas that I would, you know, if that door opened, yes, I would step through it. But right now I'm just trying to legitimize like that. This, this work is not just a craft. It's Mm -hmm. also an art um, as far as, you know, building these structures. I mean, it's, it's, it's not just hair, you know, I also have so many exhibition ideas of of trying to bring light to um, hair through culture mm-hmm. or like through history and just bring history alive through hair and yeah. through these like sculptures that I'm building and just, you know, have something to say about it because so many people, there's a lot of emotion when it comes to hair. Yeah. You know, like if you get a bad haircut, if you accidentally <laughs> get it over processed, if yeah. you, you know, if you go through chemotherapy, if you mm-hmm. at some point in your life start to struggle through alopecia or whatever it is, like I always hear this very invalidating phrase. It's just hair. Mm-hmm. And it's not. Yeah. And you can look through history. Yeah. Centuries. Mm-hmm. It is not just hair. Yeah. It has meant so much to us, Mm -hmm. especially women, but also men too. Yeah, absolutely. um, Through, and and I just want to use my platform of art to kind of bring that to the surface while also like supporting and validating people who struggle with hair loss. Because, you know, I do, I do also still work a lot with, you know, people wearing wigs. That's actually how I pay my bills. Yeah. yeah. So I wanted to talk to you about that because yeah. there's this other, um, there's this other side of yeah. what you're doing, um, as well. And I wanted to kind of put out some resources or ask you what people mm-hmm. can do to donate hair, um, and yeah. to do those kinds of things. Like what organizations do you work with? Um, and let's talk about a little bit of like the, um, work you're doing for people who are actually wanting wigs for hair loss yeah. through chemo or just through, um, you know, so many other circumstances. I mean, there's even, I mean, even through pregnancy and stuff like that, there's hair loss. So talk to me a little bit about that. 
Yeah, so I work a lot with people. So as far as hair donation, I do take hair donations. Um, I also um, work with wigs for kids as far as like donating hair, if that's where people want the hair, I'll, I'll send the hair wherever anybody wants it to. If they want to come to me and I'll chop their ponytail off and they say, I don't, you know, I want to send it somewhere where I know it's going to get used right away. Mm-hmm. I'll do that for them. Yeah. Um, I take hair donations um, right now. Uh, they, I still have like a box of ponytails waiting to kind of figure out what path. It's such a weird thing to say. I like that we're just going to breeze over that. (laughs) I have a container full of ponytails. ponytails. And I have everybody, I have the name of everybody who's donated to me, their phone number and their address because. You just made it weirder. (laughs) I made it weirder that you're like, I've got this container. I know, right? Like, you know how serial killers like will sometimes like take a piece of like their victim? I've been listening to like a lot of Dateline recently because I can't I can't watch like scary things but I can listen Um, and so I I know something now is that on Dateline they'll say that serial killers will take like a memento sometimes Um, and I feel like does it count when they send it to you? no are they they asking getting it (laughs) okay but back to your container of ponytails my container of ponytails yeah so I'm at this point I'm not sure how to go about all the hair donations that I have um just because like it costs a lot of money to make wigs um I, I want to honor what people's purpose of donating is and yeah. so I'm I've been talking to lawyers and also people who are um you know experts in the nonprofit field and just trying to figure out what my path is with that and if if at some point I figure out that I, it's not something that I can do just because I have to feed myself right. and um, then I'll, I'll, you know, reach out to those people and ask them what they want me to do with it. But, yeah. um, that'd be but, really cool to even maybe have like a nonprofit at some point that you're like, yeah, that I've you definitely, started yeah. and able to help people with. It's, it's on my, you know, list of things that I'm learning about. I've been taking a lot of classes and just trying to figure it all out. Um, it's hard when it's just me right now. Um, yeah. so I am looking for somebody who wants to learn how to ventilate yes. if you know anybody. Yeah. Um, but it's extremely tedious work. I think when you would come into the school and, and spoke to the students, that is the one thing about yes. this that is not like just not anyone can come in and do this. Like it's extremely tedious work for you to build a wig, you know, oh, like, yeah. and so like hours there's a lot that goes hours, into it yeah. more than just being able to be like, Hey, I'm just going to donate this or I'm going to donate yeah. my time to do this. I, yeah. I can understand where that becomes like just not cost effective. Yeah. Yeah. So I'm still trying to figure that part out. Um, uh, but yeah, as far as hair donations, like there's so many options out there. Um, but I also have some clients that I've worked with where, um, I have a girl I just actually posted on Instagram about her, but she, um, had all her hair cut off before she started chemo and she donated it to me and I sewed it into um, a hair hat, a, a hat. Yeah. So now she can, or she didn't donate it. Oh she asked gosh. me to do this for her. Yeah. Um, but she now can put it on her head and, and it's, it's, her atta- hair. it's her hair. It's attached to the, to the hat. Oh and so when she doesn't want to wear her wig, like you want to walk to the mailbox, you want to go to the grocery store or even I, she posted a picture last night. It's, it, from my perception of what she posted, she just wanted to have the connection to her hair again. Yeah. You know, so she. Wow. She, and she'll have that forever. 
Siobhan, that's so special. I think that that's so important. I think there's so much that you're doing that is like helping people. And that is like a way of bringing positivity. Because I think that's so much of you. I mean, as all of our guests now Mm -hmm. know, like you're such a bubbly, like sweet person. And I think (laughs) like you you have so much to give. And it's hard for someone like you. And it's I knew this when I met you. And I'm picking up on it more as we're talking. Like there's almost so many different things that you can do. Yeah. That it's sometimes hard to be like, I want to do this. I want to do this. Like it's, it's almost like there's too many opportunities. So I think like you said, not thinking down the road too far, but just really being like, this is what's coming up for me. And who knows where that will lead you Mm -hmm. and, and lead to, you know, your next opportunity. But I think it's really cool to know you in this season. Thank Um, you. And to see not only what you've, (laughs) you know, accomplished, because like I said, it's just something so different, Mm -hmm. um, something so special. And a million different people that have graduated Tennessee School of Beauty Mm -hmm. are doing a million different things. But this, I think, is so cool. And we definitely want to put up pictures of your wigs, because even as we're talking about this, I keep, like, looking over at Dalton, because I'm like, we need to get, like, the pictures (laughs) showing all of them. You know, what you do and what Mm -hmm. you do. When we say wig, what you do is nothing. I mean, I don't even know how to explain it. I know that, you know, I, that's why I've been kind of changing it from like, um, so I've been trying, like I said, been trying to like present some of my work more as art rather than wigs. And I, I find when I talk to some of these, um, institutions that mostly work with traditional artists, they, you know, they hear wig and they automatically are like, oh, that's, that's more of a craft or a skill or something like that. And it's like, no, wait. Okay. So now I'm kind of in the point of saying like wig sculpture. (laughs) Exactly. Like we've got yourself up there. So like it is, it's just, I mean, that photo right there with the blue hair. Oh, okay. Beauty school Bobby liked it. Uh, (laughs) I'm just obsessed with this. I think it's so cool. Um, and your art, I mean, this is just so much of like, I guess, I guess the way I met you was also seeing the posters of things similar to this uh-huh. um, on your Instagram. Mm-hmm. But that style is just so <laughs> you. Like, oh, thank you. I love it. I think it's so cool. And I just, I really can't wait to see um, what you do next and where you end up. I hope it will keep you somewhat so here in Knoxville. Oh, it definitely so will. This is, this is home. I mean, I have... I never, ever in a million years, I left two weeks after my 21st birthday and I'm 39 now. So oh, I right. moved this is back the most when I was 37. About you. Like the fact that you were 39, I forgot this. I freaked out about this the first time I met you. Like it blows my mind yeah. that you were 39 oh, well, years old. Well, you thank you. You literally look 20. It's Fresh insane. 39 just a couple weeks ago. But it, it's still something I'm coming to terms with. But, um, <laughs> but like when I left here, there was nothing inside of me that was like, I want of these days I'm gonna move back home I was like I'm out of here I'm moving out west like I can't there's a world out there for me I can't wait and now you know coming back here it's like it just there's just something here for me you know and I was just talking to a lady the other day about um you know some some art stuff that I want to do and and she was like you know this might be a stretch for you. I don't know if you want to put this in and I was this, this work in for this. And I was like, I have to, because I want to stay in Knoxville. And if I don't put this work in, if I don't find my path and Avenue here, then I can't stay here, Yeah, you know? And like my mom's here, my, you know, my husband and I have really found our place here. And so it's like, 
You know, it's just like what I've done through my theater career. You know, I found my place and yeah. I'm going to do it here too. I was too. just thinking the same thing. I was like smiling when you were talking because I'm like, you are literally repeating like what you did. Like you have not changed. That part of you has not changed at all. Yeah. And I think that that's so awesome. Oh, that you're like, I'm you. th- like, even though you've done all these really amazing things, like, and you're back, like, you're not too far above understanding like what you need to do to get yeah. what you want from it. And yeah. I think that that's so cool. Thank so, you. I love that. Well, we will definitely keep up with what you're doing um, and connect with you and keep um, you as a part of all of this. Cause like I said, I think what you're doing is so cool. So <laughs> thank, thank you. you so much for being with us today. Thank you um, for having everyone, me. Everyone make sure you go follow Siobhan um, on Instagram at the mighty wig where you can find her um, and all of her amazing work. Um, follow us um, at beauty and style network. Follow me me at beauty school bobby and make sure you click that subscribe button to make sure you are notified when all the episodes come out and we will see you next time guys bye thank you